business. All right, welcome everybody to the summer edition of Moadon Ivory Club Hebrew. Good to see everybody. We are in uh, 1 Samuel. I'm sorry, 2 Samuel. <laughs> and uh, we did uh, something like the first 10 verses a couple of weeks ago. And if you will remember, this is kind of the aftermath of what happened to Saul. At the end of 1 Samuel, we uh, saw that Saul had fallen on his sword and died. And now we get a little backstory to that at the beginning of 2 Samuel. Um, yeah, come on in. Um, at the beginning of 2 Samuel, hey there. Uh, we get this backstory in which this messenger, an Amalekite, has come to David to announce the death of Saul and also Jonathan. And so he's describing here the um, circumstances under which he found um, Saul, all right? Um, I do want to go back. I was thinking more about this one strange thing in chapter 4, I mean in verse 4 of chapter 1. Um, if you will remember, um, here's when David is asking the messenger. And so David said to him, what is the report? Tell me, please. All right. And now you have this, this strange combination, vayomer asher nash. Notice vayomer almost always introduces direct speech. All right. Um, and he said, and then you have this asher. What do you do with this asher, see? And then he said, and most translations go like this. They just kind of gloss over it. And I'll tell you why they do that. Uh, and he said, the people fled, or the ha'am here in this case would mean the troops. See, the army fled from the battle, all right? So they kind of skip over the asher. And uh, there are just, what, what the grammars do is suggest that this functions to introduce direct speech in a, it's a very rare usage. In fact, there's only here and a passage in 1 Samuel 15, verse 20. So we actually had it when we went through 1 Samuel are the two best examples of that, all right? There is one example of asher being used as indirect speech, and that's in the book of Esther, following the verb nagad, higid, to, I'm sorry, zivat, to command. He commanded that, all right? Um, so it's an unusual usage, and I just wanted to point that out because we kind of stumbled over it last time. What you're going to find in 2 Samuel is a lot of strange grammatical and syntactical stuff, which is one of the reasons that it's interesting. Some of it may be because of the text and the condition of the text. Um, others may be because it's a kind of a colloquial kind of Hebrew, okay? And that's where we're going to um, learn a lot of things about how the Hebrew language works, all right? So... Um, after that, then, in verses 4 through 10, the servant describes what had happened. So if you will remember, he simply by chance happened upon Saul, so he says. Found Saul leaning on his spear, and Saul asked him to kill him, all right, because he didn't want the enemy to mistreat him, and he saw that um, he was near death and that um, the enemy was approaching, and we see that at the end of verse 6, all right? And so in verse 9, we get it that he says, um, he said to me, stand over me, please, and um, put me to death, all right? So verse 10, he says this, I stood over him, see, va'emod alav, va'amotetehu. Notice that this is a polel form from what, what root? From moot. 
um, and it means to kill. So notice it overlaps in meaning with what form of moot? It's more common. What conjugation? The hyphil form, right? Moot is intransitive to die. Hyphil becomes transitive to kill. Uh, here you see the polale form used a couple of times. So I stood over him and I killed him, okay? For I knew, kiadati, kilo, that not yichya, he would not live achare uh, niplo, after his falling. This is that niplo is an infinitive construct call. So in good English, after he had fallen. Okay, va'ekach, and I took ha'nezer, I took the um, garland or the crown, which was on Rosho, his head, va'etzada, and the bracelet, which was on Zeroah, Zeroah, his arm, va'avi'em, and I brought them to Adoni, to my Lord. Notice that this is not Adonai, it's Adoni, the the uh, Kamatz Yud is the special ending when it refers to Yahweh, Adonai. This is Adoni, my Lord, Hena, here. All right? Um, so that brings us up to where we want to begin. Um, does anyone have any questions up through those first ten verses? All right? Well, we'll see what happens to this poor guy here in verse 11. Vayachazek David, Biv Gadav, Vayik Ra'em. Vegam kolha anashima sherito. Okay, vayachazek. Notice the root is from chazak. What conjugation is it? It's a hifil. Uh, what does it mean in the call? To be strong. Here the hifil to grasp, actually. Sometimes it used to make strong, but notice the meaning changes. David took hold of um, biv gadav, took hold of his garments. Okay, notice the, um, just again, notice the vowel pointing here. The Masoretes want you to read as if that's a plural from Beged. All right, the consonantal text has the singular. So if you were reading according to the consonantal text, it'd be big doe, his garment. All right, so David took hold of his garments, vayikra'em, and he ripped them. He tore them from kara, call imperfect vav consecutive, okay? Vegam and also Kol Haanashim and also all the men who were with him. Okay, what does that mean? Does it mean he tore the men who were with him? No. They're the subject. They also tore. So notice one verb does double duty for both him and uh, the men. They all tore their garments. All right. Uh, good. Any questions through verse 11? All right. Verse 12. Vayis pedu, vayivku, vayatsumu, ad ha'arev, al sha'uve al Yehonatan beno, ve'al am Yahweh ve'al Beit Yisrael ki naflu bechkarev. Okay, and they safaded, they lamented, they mourned. Again, a call imperfect, third plural from safad, and they mourned. Vayivku, and they, what's the root? Baka, very good, to weep, same thing. It's a synonym with, of course, Safad here. A call imperfect, Vav consecutive. What's the Dagish doing in the cough? It's a Bagad Kafat, right. So that's what makes that thing look weird, right? But it's simply a Bagad Kafat following a closed syllable. So they lamented and they wept and they zoomed. They fasted. This is from the root zoom, hollow verb. 
and they fasted ad ha'arev until the evening over Shaul and over Yehonatan Beno. Okay, Ve'al and over Am Yahweh, the people of God. Ve'al Beit Yisrael and over the house of Israel. Now I want you to look at what the author does here stylistically. Notice, and I think I mentioned this for you guys who had me in Hebrew reading, sometimes this happens in narrative. Notice that he repeats the al even though you don't need it. He repeats it over and over again before each item that he wants to mention in the list. Notice what it does to you as a reader is slow you down and make you look at each item as important and separate in itself. See, you tend as a reader now to kind of pause on each one and highlight it, see? So he really slows you down. You can, it's a very interesting technique because notice the kind of, it has kind of an emotional impact on the reader, I think, that it wouldn't normally have. See, it just adds to the pathos of the moment, let's say, see? So notice that they were mourning not only over the loss of Saul and Jonathan, but their whole situation, see, the people of Israel and over Israel, the house of Israel itself, for Naflu. They had fallen, Becharev, by the sword. Okay. Um, questions through verse 12. All right, pretty easy so far here. Verse 13. Vayomer David el Hanar ha magid lo. Uh oh, here it comes. Emizata. Vayomer ben ish ger amale ki anoki. Okay. Then David said to Hanar, the uh, young man, okay, Hamagid. Okay, see this now? This is a what kind of form is Hamagid? A participle, and it is from the famous Nagad, a Hifil participle, and it modifies Hanar. So David said to the young man, the one who was reporting to him. See, it's interesting how throughout this, this guy's always identified with this. We kind of know who it is from the narrative, but it makes it very explicit here. He kind of lays it out for you. So David said to the young man, the one who uh, reported to him, a mizah, we've seen this form before, and remember it's kind of the same question, but it, he gets a little more specific here. Um, it was in the first, I think it was in the first couple verses of uh, chapter one, all right? So it's, uh, it's, it's where, it's, we would say, from where are you? Where from this? It's literally A plus min plus Z. Where from this? But we would say, from where? All right, and this construction, remember I had it down, it occurs, oh, a handful of times, probably at least 10 times, okay? So, A miza'ata, from where are you, or where are you from? All right, now notice here, he doesn't answer by place, he answers by family. And he said, a ben ish ger amaleki anoki, uh, the son of a man, a ger, a uh, sojourner, a um, resident alien, okay, namely someone who lives within the borders of Israel. So a ger, an amaleki, an amalekite. Notice the gentilic ending on amaleki, okay, that ite ending tells you the the place you're from, an Amalekite Anoki, M-I. Okay, here comes the hammer. Vayomere lav David, ek lo yareta 
Lishloch Yadaka, Lashachet et Mashiach Yahweh. Then said to him David, again, notice the word order, which has been consistent throughout this passage. Verb, short preposition, subject. Then David said to him, Ache, how lo yareta? How did you not uh, fear? Or how were you not afraid? This is a call imperfect from Yare. How were you not afraid, Lishloach, to send out your hand? All right. So notice that Lishloach um, is an object of Yare. How were you not afraid to send out your hand, Leshachet, in order to Shachet? All right. Notice that this is what conjugation is this, Shachet? Call nifal, kifil, piel. Very good. It is a piel infinitive construct. How were you not afraid to send forth your hand to destroy et Mashiach Yahweh, the Lord's anointed, the anointed of, of Yahweh? Uh oh. <laughs> he didn't. Notice that this is more of a rhetorical question. Uh, the guy didn't really have a lot of time to explain, let's say. He wasn't after information. Uh, any questions through 14? All right, verse 15. Vayikra David le'achad mehanarim vayomer gash pegabo vayakehu vayamot. Then David called to Achad one of the ne'arim, one of the servants, vayomer, and he said, gosh, gosh. What's the root? Nagash, very good. Nagash, it's a call imperative. Uh, second masculine singular, come near. Here's another imperative. See, so two imperatives in a row. Come near, um, fall upon him, pega. Come near, fall upon him. Well, you know what that means, and they tell you. Vayeku, vayamut, and he struck him. This is again from Naka. And he struck him, Hifil uh, perfect. And he struck him via moat, and he died from moot. All right? And that's the end of the Na'ar. <laughs> Very good. Questions through 15. You guys are good. All right? Verse 16. Vayomere lav David, dam yak al rosheka, ki pika. Anabeka lemor, anoki motati et Meshiach Yahweh. Then he said to him, David, notice the word order, Dam Yeka, your blood be on your head. So he's still talking to him, even though he's, <laughs> I guess he's dead. So that shows you something about David here. Your blood be on your head for um, your own mouth, pika. That's from peh, and notice it's uh, just peh. Whenever you add the suffix to that word pe, you use the yud. Okay? Your mouth, Anna, has testified against you, saying, Anoki, I myself. See, notice how you put the pronoun in front of the verb, though you don't need it. I myself, Motati, I myself killed. Again, the, the uh, polale from moot. I myself killed the Lord's anointed. Mashiach Yahweh. All right. Questions? Verse 17. Vayekonein David et hakina hazot al Shaul ve'al 
Yehonatan Beno. Then David, uh, this is an interesting word, translated as he chanted or he lamented. Notice that the root is a uh, from Kanan, Yekonain, Polel, from Kanan. And this is, uh, notice what he chanted, the Kina, the lament. All right, this is a special um, form of mourning that David's going to engage in. Um, so Lamentations is one like this. This is kind of a shorter one, though. So David chanted the Kina Hazot, this Kina over Saul and over Yehonathan, his son. All right. Verse 18, Vayomer lelamei b'nei Yehuda kashet hine ketuva al sefer ha-yashar. And he said to teach right, the sons of uh, the sons of Judah Kashet is um, a bow okay sons of Judah on a bow or something like that it's kind of hard to understand what this means okay now Hine behold Ketuva it is written okay call passive participle it is written Al Sefer Hayashar it is written in, notice all is used here, we would say in, they would probably say, I don't know, on, in the uh, scroll of Yashar. All right. Uh, questions through verse 18. All right. Okay, verse 19. Hatzavi, the, uh, the beauty of Israel, Yisrael, Tzavi is beauty, Hatzavi, the beautiful one of Israel. Okay. Al Bamoteka, on your high places. This is from Bama, Bamot. On your high places, Halal is slain. So Tzavi, notice Hatzavi, the beautiful one, refers to Saul, Jonathan. Okay? So the beautiful one of Israel, on your heights is slain. Ek naflu giborim. How they have fallen, the mighty. How the mighty have fallen. It's a very famous line here. All right. Verse 20. Al-Tagidu Begat. Do not speak it in Gath. Al-Tevasru Bechutzot Ashkelon. See, so do not tell it in Gath. Remember, these are the Philistine places. And the Israelites were at war with the Philistines. The Philistines were responsible for Saul and Jonathan's death. They'd won this great victory, routed Israel. So do not tell it. Do not speak about it in Gath. Do not proclaim. This is Basar to uh, speak as good news. And notice it is a PL form from Basar, PL imperfect. So, and so notice al tagiru begat. Do not speak it. So al just tells you that it has this imperative force in Gath. Do not proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon. All right. Lest tismachna. Anyone see the root of tismachna? Samach. What does it mean? To rejoice. And notice that it's a feminine plural. Lest the benot pelishtim. Lest the daughters of Jerusalem. I'm sorry. The daughters of the Philistines rejoice. I'm so used to seeing daughters of Jerusalem. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest Ta'alozna, notice again the root alaz, feminine plural, lest 
the daughters of the Arelim. Who's the Arelim? The uncircumcised ones. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised ones exult. All right. Yes. Oh, it's actually just an adjective, a slain one. Oh, okay. Or a substantive, a slain, okay. slain one, right. Um, very good. Any questions through 20? Oh, I, they, I have a question with yeah. uh, the, the scroll of Yoshar. Yeah. Uh, Yoshar, is that Aphrael? Like yeah, Jasher. Jasher, okay. I mean, it also means the upright one. Right. That, that, like, it's, but it's Aphrael. I think so. It's used here as a, it's referring to a source in which this thing was written. It's kind of interesting. And remember, throughout these sections, you see reference to sources. All right. Um, we'll read um, one more verse, and then we'll stop here. Hare ba gilboa. Now, notice here you have the um, hare is a, is a construct form from harim. And notice what it's connected to. It's connected to a preposition. You don't normally see that, but again, in uh, especially... Um, poetry, you see this kind of construction more frequently. So mountains in, O oh, mountains in Gilboa, al-tal, al-tal, notice no dew, ve'al-matar, and no rain upon you. Okay. U-sede, this is from another construct from Sadef Fields, and fields of terumot, fields of the triumphs, or something like that, of the, uh, yeah, of the, uh, ter uh, terumah is the upliftings. So, okay. Um, uh, for sham, for there, nigal magain. For there, the shield of the giborim has been defiled from Gaal means to defile the shield of Saul okay without um, Mashiach means anointing here uh, some translate it rubbing without uh, rubbing with oil all right so in other words what it's saying is the armor of Saul has just been left kind of to rust no one's taking care of it anymore all right and this is all part of the lament that um, David is doing for Saul and Jonathan. All right. Any questions through 21? All right. Very good. We'll stop here and take it up next week right here. Thanks for coming. Better stop this baby. Ryan, what's up? Good to see you.